Today's scripture is taken from the book of Numbers, chapters 22, verses 22 to 35. God's anger was kindled because he was going, and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the road as his adversary. Now he was riding on the donkey, and his two servants were with him. The donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. So the donkey turned off the road and went into the field, and Balaam struck the donkey to turn it back to the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards, with a wall on either side. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it scraped against the wall and scraped Balaam's foot against the wall, so he struck it again. Then the angel of the Lord went ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it lay down under Balaam, and Balaam's angler was kindled, and he struck the donkey with his staff. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and it said to Balaam, What have I done to you, that you have struck me these three times? Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have made a fool of me, I wish I had a sword in my hand. I would kill you right now. But the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey, which you have ridden all your life to this day? Have I been in the habit of treating you this way? And he said, No. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his drawn sword in his hand, and he bowed down, falling on his face. The angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? I have come out as an adversary, because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If it had not turned away from me, surely just now I would have killed you and let it live. Then Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know that you were standing in the way to, to oppose me. Now, therefore, if it is displeasing to you, I will return home. The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but speak only what I tell you to speak. So Balaam went on with the officials of Balak. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts, be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, as we turn to you, our Savior, our Rock, our Redeemer, our Refuge, always. It is in your name we pray. Amen. I remember the kitten I adopted in my first apartment. I put his food bowl in one corner of the kitchen. However, after a couple of years, I needed to move the food bowl to the opposite side. This change was hard for the little guy. For weeks, my little cat would run excitedly to the first corner when it was time to eat and wait there to be fed. When I was clearly standing on the opposite side of the kitchen with the food and the bowl in hand. 
Yet he would sit insistently in the first corner, as if to say, I always eat here. There must be some mistake. Oh, the discomfort of change. Was he stubborn? Yes. Did he like change? No. Was he just being a cat? Perhaps. But it became a wonderful illustration for me of how difficult change can be. Human beings are no different. Years ago, I heard a story from Reverend Dr. Davis Chapel about tension in a church. That never happens, right? That time, it was over getting new cushions for the seats in the sanctuary. The majority had selected one color, but a certain group did not like that color because it was different from the color they had before. They got angry. Some left the church. Some blamed the pastor, though he had selected neither color. And one woman was so upset that when the new cushions were installed, she brought a lawn chair from home to sit in it in the sanctuary because she refused to sit on that color pew cushion. Oh, the discomfort of change. Was she stubborn? Yes. Did she like change? Apparently not. Was she just being human? Perhaps. But I get it. Not many of us like change. It is uncomfortable. It is difficult. I have trouble with it, too. When my husband and I got married, I could not believe what he did with forks in the dishwasher. Putting them in with the tines down, I had never done it that way before. I put it in with the tines up. He had never done it my way before, so we argued over forks. Oh, the discomfort of change. Were we being stubborn? Yes. Do we like change? Apparently not. Were we just being human? Well, yes, but marriages unavoidably are. Oh, the discomfort of change. We read today about a biblical character who is not fond of change either. His name is Balaam. And he was a famous prophet in Mesopotamia in the 8th century BCE. And our story opens with a king named Balak, who reigned over the region of Moab. And he's watching the Israelites set up camp along the border of his nation. There are multitudes, and it is intimidating. Balak is afraid. He has heard what Israelites have done to neighboring kings and kingdoms, and he fears that he and his people will be next. He decides to reach out to the prophet Balaam, who is known for blessings and curses. Those whom he blesses are blessed. Those whom he curses are cursed. So Balak wants one of Balaam's blessings for his people and one of Balaam's curses for the Israelites. Balak sends dignitaries to offer Balaam the job. 
the dignitaries are unable to coax him into it, so Balak is undeterred. He sends more highly distinguished dignitaries and says no sum of money is too large for this request. Balaam says no again, but finally, ultimately relents and goes to Moab, or at least he decides he wants to, and heads out on a path with his trusted, long-time faithful donkey. But God does not want Balaam to curse the Israelites and blocks the path. But only the donkey sees it and notices the need for change. So the donkey veers off into a field to change Balaam's course. But oh, the discomfort of change. Balaam is angry and hits the donkey. He then gets back on the trusted donkey stubbornly to go on the path that he has set once more. The donkey sees God blocking the path, but Balaam does not. The donkey veers into a wall to change the direction of Balaam's course. Oh, the discomfort of change. Balaam is angry again and hits the donkey He gets back on the trusted donkey a third time, determined once more to go the way he wants. This time, the donkey sees God blocking every which way ahead of them and sits in the middle of the road. Balaam still does not see God at work. He is fuming. He does not want to change course. What's the donkey trying to do? Move him to a new corner in the kitchen? Change the color of the seat cushion? Put the forks in upside down? Oh, the discomfort of change. Balaam gets off the donkey and starts to hit it again. Was Balaam stubborn? Yes. Did he like change? No. Was he just being human? Perhaps it trips up the best of us, prophets, spiritual leaders, and all of us included. Then the donkey says, what are you doing, Balaam? Haven't I been faithful all these years? Would I steer you in the wrong direction? Balaam says, no. Then God says, why are you hurting your faithful donkey? He has seen me when you have not. And then Balaam stops and listens to the donkey and to God. He opens his heart and mind to a new path he had not imagined. He embraces the need for change and turns to God for guidance And in the next chapters that follow, God tells Balaam to go with Balak after all, but something significant has shifted. Balaam will now seek God first and say only what God tells him to say. So in prayer and worship at every stop, Balaam seeks God's will. And rather than cursing the Israelites, Balaam blesses them over and over again. Oh, the discomfort of change, but oh, the blessings that come 
from making changes at the guidance of God. The full story of Balaam is a quirky one. In one part, God tells Balaam to go, and another, God's angry that Balaam does. Most scholars think there are different authors in different sections and different portions were added at different times. Some say the story is a folk tale in <laughs> no small part because the donkey talks in fluent Hebrew, no less. And Balaam responds, not shocked that his donkey is speaking, but as if they have these conversations all the time. Historicity, then, is not the point of the story, but faith is. So what do we learn about faith in this story? We see something about ourselves that we already knew, that change is difficult. We also see something about ourselves in that we can be so set in one direction, thinking that things need to be the way we think they ought to be, that we fight making changes when the time comes. And we learn in faith that God offers new paths. And here is the best news of the story that when we seek God's guidance in prayer and worship, that guidance comes. Thanks be to God. The tricky side of faith through change is discernment. It is determining answers to questions. What change does God want us to make And how can we be certain the call for change is from God and not something less and not only from ourselves? And how do we figure that out? We turn like Balaam did to worship and prayer. We turn also to trusted voices like that old donkey he knew so well. To someone who will redirect us, a trusted, faithful friend when they can see God and we cannot. This last year and a half has been one uncomfortable change after another and, oh, the discomfort of it. But today I want to celebrate changes God has helped us to make, new paths that God offered us when the donkey sat down. Pastor Jeff, Pastor Monica, and I have been reflecting on this. Perhaps you have been too. Here's what we came up with. That throughout COVID, we learned to increase our capacity for resilience and flexibility. We learned how to keep going when we have no idea what we're doing. And never perhaps sat on a cushion that color before. As a result of quarantine and separation, we learned how much we actually need each other, perhaps more than we thought. And we don't want to take being together in person for granted anymore. Or as Dana Sizowitz, our office manager, put it the other day, we have been realizing what a gift people are. So thanks be to God for that. 
We learned, too, that what we do affects others in our community, so we make changes to protect them, like distancing and masks. We learned that slowing down can be a blessing and that it's okay to let rhythms change. It's okay to let rhythms of overwork go in order to have intentional, healthy relationships with ourselves, our family, our friends. COVID forced us to rewrite patterns, some of which needed the rewriting. We learned, too, that if the church building is closed, the church is still open because we are called to be the body of Christ in the community, which is a blessed thing. And that helps give birth to our new micro-church movement with Pastor Monica, with the faith community taking root all around in neighborhoods here. God offers new paths when the donkey sits down and we see no way ahead. When that happens, what do we do? We do what Balaam did. We stop, listen, and turn toward God. Every church has been scrambling to figure out how to do what we love and are called to do, but could not do in the ways we knew how to do it, right? So we have sought to do what Balaam did and seek God's guidance in prayer and worship. And when we have done that, guidance comes. That's what the incredible staff here did and continues to do. And oh, the blessings that come from making changes at the guidance of God. How have we seen the blessings of faith through change here? I'll tell you a few examples. Pastor Monica led prayer groups on Facebook. Pastor Rob held worship services outside in the woods across the street. Small groups continue to meet online on Zoom. James Mills, our extraordinary tech guru, put together these services online for us to worship at home or from anywhere. Sherry Parsons, our extraordinary children's ministry director, shifted to virtual vacation Bible school. And this summer alone, 350 children were learning about Jesus at home and in their neighborhoods. She celebrated children's birthdays by dropping off fun birthday signs and gifts in their yards at their homes. Donna Kinkle, our extraordinary preschool director and their staff, provided take-home packs and online learning for students to keep them engaged. Vicki Stones, our extraordinary empty nest and older adult ministry director, created telephone teams, new outdoor groups, and a sidewalk chalk team to connect with people who were quarantined alone and in places like Marion Manor so that they could look out their windows and see God's love drawn out around them. Michelle Paquette, our extraordinary student ministries director, put together this creative drive through adventure to engage people in faith outside again. 
and our Axis High School group went to Ebenezer Acres to tend potato patches and worship outside. Tina DeBosier, our extraordinary mission and outreach director, made mission events like No Hunger and Go for Bo virtual so that they wouldn't stop and partnered with Stafford Food Security to get a food truck to take hot meals inside struggling communities where people live and delivered meals to those who had lost beds at the Thurman Brisbane Shelter. This is incredible, right? And Chrissy Leathers, our Extraordinary Connections Director, figured out how we could come back in the building and be safe doing so and help to put people in small groups virtually from wherever they were. This entire staff created a Christmas experience for hundreds to be able to come safely to church and celebrate the birth of our Savior when we couldn't have services like we always do. We've had to rethink everything, which has been no small task. I wish I had time to name every one and tell all the stories of transforming ministry that have taken place this last year and a half. Oh, the blessings that come when we make changes at the guidance of God. The frustrating thing is we're not done. We're still being called to the other side of the kitchen and wondering what to do with our forks. What are our next steps as Ebenezer or as individuals? Since COVID changed some of what we thought those next steps would be. What does it look like now? The 815 traditional service will start up again in September We hope to have the praise band going again by that time, too. And at the same time, we know realistically we are not out of COVID yet. The Delta variant is growing. The denominational conference decisions are postponed to later next year. And you have two new pastors who are learning your names and are learning and enjoying Loving this community and this church and all of you. What's next together? We name and lean into the tricky side of discernment. A faithful, God-centered discernment together. Because honestly, this sermon series ends today but the changes do not. And uncertainty can be frustrating. Do we like change? No. Is that being human? Yes. But that's okay. In this sermon series, we have learned a thing or two from the Bible about how to live in faith through change. What have we learned? We know God is with us. We know God is our anchor and refuge. We know God never gives up on us. We know change is, unfortunately, normal. 
and Balaam? Well, he taught us we can look to worship and prayer and trusted voices to help us with discernment. And when we seek God's guidance, that guidance comes. Even when we do not know what paths there will be, we do know God will guide our next paths together. You can count on it. Oh, the discomfort of change. But oh, the blessings that come when we make changes with the guidance of God. With the guidance of our one and only constant and loving and redeeming almighty ever present God. And that's good news. Amen and amen.